Look, I know you know that I know that you know how busy we all get. Ollie can help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four years and up. And the new Ollie Brainy Chews support healthy brain function with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Once we had five and then six and then seven kids, it's like, I I can't go anywhere for any length of time. Mm. I need 12 plane tickets. (laughs) (laughs) You know, nannies, kids, my wife. I need like 11. There's not a budget big enough. (laughs) Somebody got to cue me or do I cue myself? Cue yourself. Okay. Okay, everybody, we're back with another episode of Let's Talk Off Camera, so let's get talking. This is truly experimental. I'm trying this fully remote. I'm flying solo in a hotel room in Los Angeles, California. (laughs) So far, so good, right? It seems like it's working. Yes. The tech is working. Impressive. This is all me, so I just want to take full credit for myself. Joining me, of course, on the East Coast Jan Chalet and Albert Bianchini. Um, guys, what time did you wake up this morning? I woke up at 7 a.m. You woke up at 7 a.m. Decadent. I woke up at 3.30 in the morning and then couldn't get back to bed for an hour. <laughs> I woke up at 2 a.m. and I've been awake ever since. But 2 a.m. <laughs> is really 5 a.m. Oh. So Brutal. I want to talk to uh, Alec Baldwin, who's going to be joining us in just a couple of seconds. But I want to talk to him about you know, he lived here for a while. And there are two people in my brain that I can't ever imagine living in California. (laughs) One of them is me. (laughs) And the other one is Alec Baldwin. And so I'm curious how he survived out here. What, like, what were the thought bubbles in his head when he was living out here? You know, it's hard to be, oh, oh, there there he he is. Look, he just popped onto our screen, handsome, Oh my God, virile. It's you. <laughs> Jesus. It's so virile. In case you don't already recognize the voice, Alec, as you know, we are a completely off camera podcast. This man is a three time Emmy Award winner. He's a three time Golden Globe Award winner. I hate when people do this. But <laughs> Shh, go ahead. No, you're gonna you're gonna have to listen to it. You sit there and listen. He's the winner of eight Screen Actors Guild Awards. He's been nominated for an Oscar and a Tony. He's an actor. He's a producer. He's a producer of children. His sperm, they say, is made of plutonium. Plutonium. Father of eight children. He's got a burrito named after him in Sag Harbor, for Christ's sakes. Big Al's burrito. If you can't get behind that, then I don't think you're a human being. But but keep in mind, I, it was called Al's Burrito. Then I ate so many of them, they changed it to Big Al's Burrito. Big Al's Just Burrito. Me. Just so you know, Albert Bianchini, <laughs> my uh, producer in life, my gay husband, my uh, podcast. Your husband. The other voice that you can hear on this podcast. I don't know. Yeah, their faces disappeared from the screen. I see them. I see oh, them. Oh, you can see, see them. them. I can't see them. They're, they're gone from my screen. Maybe swipe. swipe? And that'll help. Ah, they're back. Okay, there they are. Okay. What is this, Kelly? Episode five hundred, and you just yes. to swipe. What do you guess? Doing? What normally we're just swipe, Kelly. we're always in the same room together, and I'm in Los Angeles today. I know you lived there for a long time, right? Right. How I did? Did you do it? Well, I always tell people that when I lived in L.A., what was tricky was um, the car thing because I said I was alone in a car with the person I hated the most. <laughs> Um, me driving around by myself. I said, I'm alone with that guy that I hate the most. And uh, that was tedious and tough. 
I'm not a driving person. I like to be driven or I like to, yeah, I like New York. Me I like too. New York works for me. Yeah, foot, me. foot or driven around. I want a cab driver. I want an Uber driver <laughs> or I want to walk by myself. You're even braver than I am because you'll ride a bicycle around. I cannot do that. I won't do it. Um, anyway, Alec Baldwin is joining us today. And first of all, let's just start by asking you, how is it possible? <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm Here we going. Go. How Here is we it go. possible that you are still having children? What? Now, I understand. Listen, I've seen Ilaria. I know Ilaria. And I am a fan. You've had seven children together. You have eight in total. Are you done? Are you thinking you're done now? I'm done. You're, I'm, I'm done. You're I'm done. totally I'm done. done. How do you know that? I went, I went to have my hip surgery. This was the first time I had both done five years apart. I had one done this year, and five years ago I had it done, and I'm there with the doctor, and he's saying to me, well, you know, when we do the um, the anterior procedure where we go in the front, it's the most, it heals the quickest, but there's also the risk of uh, arterial or, or, or cutting a nerve. It's, it's like a 0.01% chance, but there is a chance that this could happen. And I said, what nerve? And he held up his finger like this, and he goes like this and makes his finger kind of erect, if you will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I, and I looked at him in front of all of his staff who were like giggling, and I go, oh, you can just rip that out if you want. Just take that nerve, get a pair of pliers and just pull it out during the surgery, because I don't need that anymore. Okay? I, I, doubt, I doubt it would work for you. I, I'm gonna tell you something. When I've seen you go in the ocean, Alec Baldwin, I get out because, you know, I've gone through menopause, but I still, I don't trust your sperm. Your sperm specifically, I don't trust. Well, but I think I got to the point where if I just say the word baby, any woman within 50 or 100 feet of me is likely to get pregnant. Jan just put a cinder block in between her legs. <laughs> she needs to put kryptonite. kryptonite. She has to have a kryptonite chastity belt. Did you always know that you wanted a big family? No. I had one child by my first marriage. I had Ireland. And then I was single for like 11 years. And when I met Ilaria and we contemplated getting married and being together and everything, and we talked about kids. And, you know, we had a, a girl and a boy, and that was great. And then uh, the baby would start climbing, walking. You know, it was just, it was a baby, but, you know, because it couldn't really talk. But, <laughs> but the point is, we'd look at each other and go, wouldn't it be nice to have a baby? <laughs> like we were baby crazy. Let's just have one more baby. I get it. This one's not a baby anymore. It's a toddler. Let's just have one last. Let's call this baby Ultimo. <laughs> Ultimo. The Ultimo. Last baby. Yeah. yeah. They're all so cute. But after like the fourth, fifth, <laughs> you know. <laughs> enough already? You're saying no, enough? I'm not saying enough already. I'm just saying at a certain point, did you say, you know what? We're minivan people. We are. Yeah. Yeah. We're Dodge Caravan people. But the, the thing that I find interesting or to me was that, you know, I'm the guy that takes four kids to school in the morning. I still have three at home when I come home. And the three little ones, the two toddlers and the baby, you know, they're, uh, you know, which one will we send back? You know? Right. And uh, although I have some ideas now that the other ones are getting older, I think I know who I'd send back. Oh. But anyway. Um, well, you always, the, you know, they, whenever people ask me who my favorite child is, I go, I can tell you who my least favorite is right now in this moment. That's really funny. <laughs> but really funny. but when, you have, when you have seven little ones at home, you've got to have at least four least favorites at any one time. Well, you have to learn to just ignore what they say, which I don't really like doing. I mean, I, my wife always says I'm the eighth child, you know, because they'll say things to me. And like, because when my father, when I was a kid, which is obviously a million years ago, I'm from a completely, I'm like four generations ago now <laughs> or something. My dad, you know, he didn't have anything to withhold from us, to control us. My friends had houses with swimming pools and finished basements with <laughs> pool tables and weekend homes in Connecticut and boats and all this other stuff. And the parents would threaten them and say, if you don't come home by 10.30, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my father, we didn't have any of that. My father just said, if you don't come home by 10.30, I'm going to break every bone. <laughs> right. And like, he, just, he just looked at you that way. He didn't say that. Right. You just knew. And my knew. father was a very tough guy. Yeah. yeah. You knew. And there were things my kids say to me. And we can't curse on this podcast. Yeah, we, we sure as fuck can. <laughs> yeah, we do. Okay. <laughs> so, like, my son, uh, Roth, he has what I call, like, the Olivier school, where when he says foul language or something, and he says it to me, he kind of floats it over his shoulder where I can barely hear it. It's yeah. almost like I'm going, what did you say? Right. So as he walks away, I'll go, you get in there and you put those toys away. Right. And as he walks away, he kind of turns his shoulder and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, he floats it. <laughs> what the fuck? 
And I'll go, I'm sorry, what'd you say? And he's like, nothing, nothing. And I can't swear that he said, what the fuck? Right. But now with the three boys, the three, we call the boys or the three because uh, Eduardo was uh, twins, so to speak, with, uh, with Lulu. Right. The three boys, I-, I said to my wife, I go, why don't you tell me that you had children with uh, Joe Pesci? <laughs> They're all like Joe Pesci. You know, they drop the F-bomb every now and then. I'm like, Jesus, God. Don't worry, know? it'll come for the girls. It comes for the girls later. Now, I'm assuming that you and Mark, you will have the dirtier mouth between you and Mark. Yours is worse. A hundred percent. Yeah, uh, you're probably dropping the F. The kids get it from you, basically. We, I just not too long ago interviewed uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, and she said that uh, when she and Will would fight, they couldn't fight and use foul language. And I looked at her and I said, if Mark made that agreement with me, I would sit there and go, right. Because I don't, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to. You're from New Jersey. I, I mean, from New I'm Jersey. I'm from Long Island. I, exactly. We are the same person. Like my, I feel like we grew up similarly. It's not like put your yeah. toys away. It's like put that toy away put before your dad beep runs over away. it with before the. Before I beep. Right. You in the beep. Right. And yeah. my dad did this thing. I don't know if you had friends like this. My friends would come over on their bicycles and they would just like uh, leave them. In the driveway. You know, they just put them down in the driveway and they would run into the house, whatever. My dad would come home from driving the bus. He drove double shift every day for New Jersey Transit. He would come home tired. And if those bicycles, because he would call us pigs, he would say, use kids as pigs. And so if we didn't tell our friends to move their bicycles, he would just run them over with his car. He's tough. Not care. That's tough. Yeah. So that's tough. It was fun. It was fun going to school the next day with like everybody. Oh my god! And then your friends were there. Yeah. And they, 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 here's Kelly. Her dad's a psycho. <laughs> exactly. My friends were scared of my father. My father, who was in the Marine Corps, would get a buzz cut in the summertime. He wore his hair, you know, always short. But then he'd get a brush cut in the summertime. And my my nick my my neighbors and my friends when I was a kid. This is when I was like in uh, you know like twelve and thirteen. Yeah. Uh, my father, they said his head looked like a cinder block. So his nickname was Cinder. <laughs> so when my dad came driving up, these guys would be smoking cigarettes. They go, ditch the smokes, it's Cinder. <laughs> cinder was coming. We're talking about our dads. And my dad, who is now a local politician in South Jersey, he's the county clerk of New Jersey. And he has a picture of you and him together at a, a fundraiser many years ago. It sits on his desk. It's his proudest proudest photo. He always says that the best political conversation he ever had and the best speaker they had ever had at one of their fundraisers was you. Oh, God. And uh, I think about conversations I've had with you where you are just the most practical, pragmatic person when it comes to politics. You really understand this stuff internally. Would you ever consider running for higher office? You know, even now I think about it, but the person you're running against, like, for example, if you live in New York... And I am a New Yorker in the sense that I don't want to leave New York State. Uh, you're in a pretty wall-to-wall Democratic state. You'd be running to to unseat a Democrat. Right. So who are you going to run against? Gillibrand, Schumer, Hochul, you know, all the statewide seats. Congress, I don't think I'd want to be in that crowd because it seems like it's a loony bit. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that what I would run for, obviously, mayor, governor, or the two senates, something statewide, if I did that, you'd have to be getting rid of a, uh, I mean, uh, Adams, the mayor, is a Republican. So he's, he is a hundred percent a Republican, game. but I don't. I don't think the answer is no, though. My hope is, as as anybody's listening to this podcast, is that you will consider eventually running for higher office of some kind and save our city. S O S S O C. I think the one. Save our Save our city. Save our city. S O S. Save our city. I spell city with an S. I do. I, I'm going to change. When I become mayor, I will change the spelling of the word city S-I-T-Y. to S-I-T-Y. So you never thought about, because um, obviously your career, uh, a, a bit winding in the beginning with the soap and then the, mm-hmm. and then the TV series, mm-hmm. the comedy, which I thought was a funny show, by the way. Thank you. We wanted you on um, that show, if you recall. Now you're doing with your husband now. Yes. And does he, does, now, does he enjoy it? Does he enjoy doing that? He actually loves it. Alec. I got to tell you, I really tried to talk him out of it. 
And he, we both, we both were like not on board with the idea. ABC right. came to us and they were like, you know, they were showing us this data. Every time Mark hosts, we see a bump in the numbers. And awesome. Every time Mark hosts, we see this and we see that. So when they came to us, we thought it was kind of a terrible idea. We thought a married couple on TV, nothing good could come from this. It'll probably be the, you know, it'll lead to divorce. But they said, well, you guys have already done it, you know, over a hundred times together. You've done it so many times together. We don't really think you realize how often you've done it together. Um, And... They were right. Like when they pulled it up, we did have fun together. We do have fun together. And we do have outside of that one thing, such separate lives, which leads me back to you. Okay. When I think about you and Ilaria and your seven young kids. Now, I know what you're going to say, but just go with me. Okay. I'll try. This has reality TV written all over it. This has- We thought about that a lot. Yeah, a lot. Really? And do you think yeah, maybe you'll do it? Because that is a show I would watch. Well, I mean, I'm sure you recognize, I mean, you have one of the great jobs in daytime TV. And I'm not just saying this to be, I mean, Kelly, I would never BS you about this. You know, your husband comes on. Well, what I loved about Mark was he understood you are the star of the show. I don't know about that. You know, for me, everything's about my family. Right. I have really tried in the last several years, once we had five and then six and then seven kids, it's like, I can't go anywhere for any length of time. You know, in the old days, I'd jump on a plane and go to LA and do a, a movie here or a few episodes of Will and Grace I did for a while, you know, different things like that. And it was easy to pick up and go. Mm. They don't even have, I need 12 plane tickets. <laughs> you know, nannies, kids, my wife. And I need like 11, they don't even have 11 seats in the business class section of the plane. There's not a budget yeah. big enough. We go to Los Angeles years ago, like four or five years ago. And the kids would be asleep. We'd be in a hotel. And we always stayed in the same hotel because it was the only hotel that could put four suites together mm. so we could all live together. Mm-hmm. And I look at my wife and I go, you realize we're not going to make a dime. We're not going to make one cent. Every pay- Here we are, mashed potatoes, $20. I said at the, the room service. I said, a, a Diet Coke is $11. I said, you realize we're not going to make a penny. The private plane, the hotel, the room service. We're going to break even right. on, this mo- on this job I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And my wife would just look at me like, you know, what do you want me to do? You know, okay, okay, so bummer. bummer. And we had a ball and we had fun. We love to travel. Like everything I do is filtered through the idea of my family. Yeah. So jobs I take, jobs I don't take. Somebody said, come to a famous TV producer who I won't name said to me, come do a series with me in uh, Vancouver. And I was like, I'm not going to Vancouver for five months. That's not happening. So everything we did, and then shows we have considered and pitches we've heard, and even one or two pitches we've made about uh, our family and that reality show has all been so we could stay home and just work from home. I'm desperate to try to work from me. I think it's the smartest thing. It's a show I would so watch. Because because you're very... um ensconced in the Hollywood world. You're a world-renowned actor. She is a yoga, I don't even know what it's called, yoga master, yogini. Well, she's like a health, she's like a wellness expert Health and wellness expert. Yes. As evidenced by her, not just her body of work, but her incredible body, which I talked to to you about numerous times. And yet, there is a relatability factor. There's like a hominess to you both Mm -hmm. with your... You know, your kids, like you let them be kids. They seem to run around wild in the house. Like we only had three, but it was like in our house, it was wild. It was like living inside a zoo. And I, so I, so I multiply that by two and then add one and your house has to be (laughs) a complete fucking chaos machine. Well, I think that, that, you know, she and I have a, have a system that we has evolved obviously. And you have two kids, you have three kids, you have four kids. Once you cross the four number, it gets a little crazy. But um, the bottom line is that we don't do a lot of what we used to do. You know, I mean, putting on a black tie and a gown and going to this event and this red carpet and this screening and this festival and so forth and this opening and the things which I did when I was single. But when I got married, we we would go to Cannes. We did different things together. I, I went to shoot Woody's movie shooting Mission with Tom and going to London with her. You know, we, we, we'd made our trips and had fun. But now 
we don't do very much of that at all. We decided to stay home with our kids. We put our kids to bed every night. My wife bathes with somebody helping us. We bathe and, and, and dress and have dinner and read books and put them to bed every night unless there's some huge obligation that we can't say no to. So we don't. The other day for the first time, and I really mean this because it's so simple, we both laid in bed and we were like laying there staring at the ceiling <laughs> and none of us was talking. Like 10.30 at night, we had our phones and I kind of just tilted my head toward her and I said, these children have taken over every aspect of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like me turning to going, I'm going to die in six months. <laughs> It was like just the inevitability of it. It's like, we don't do fucking thing anymore. We don't go anywhere. We don't do anything. We, our whole life is about our kids, which, I mean, there's great things about that too, so. So here's what I will tell you flashing forward because in, uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, in 18 to 20 years, you're going to be where we are. Um, so you've only got 18 to 20 more years before your life will be your lives again. But flashing forward, I will tell you so that, 20 years from now, I'm 85. Yes, I'm 85. you're 85. But you're, I get what you're saying, Kelly. Sure, go ahead. You're a young 85. We'll say you're a yeah. young 85. So the thing is, is that the work you put into them now pays off in dividends later on. <laughs> so that's the thing. Well, because at the time, like Mark and I missed everything. When people were going to parties and where pe- when our friends were like out all night and doing things, we were home with the kids. And, you know, when Mark would go, like, he went to Vancouver. He went for f- five years. And it was like when he was gone and he would come home intermittently, the last thing he wanted to do was to go to anything. He just wanted to be home with me yeah. and the kids. And so that. that's how we lived. We lived that way for decades. And then they leave, they f- fly the nest, and you get your life back. Now, you know, if you eat well <laughs> and you keep replacing the body parts that are breaking down, you could be a very yes. young 85. Yeah. Well, the good news is, as my friend said to me, who, so this is 15 years ago, he was 60 and I was 50. He was 10 years older than me and I was a, I was single. And I said, ah, you know, I hadn't met Ilaria yet. I was divorced from Ireland's mother. And I, I was sitting there going, uh, yeah, I'd like to have more kids one day. And he was having a son. And he was having a son and he mm-hmm. was 60. And I was like, wow, that's really amazing. I, I wonder if I could do that. He goes, oh, yeah, it's great. He says, just remember, by the time they're saying things you don't approve of, you'll be deaf anyway, <laughs> so it won't matter. That's so true. And I'm like, wow, that's true. I'm going to be 85 years old. I'm going to be like at, at, at Carmen's graduation. I'm going to be like, did they call her name? <laughs> what? What do they say? Do they say Carmen? I mean, I mean, like an old man, an old man. No, really but old. it's uh, there's something I think that the older you are as a parent, and I say this to Anderson and Andy because they're in their fifties, having babies and young kids, and and I keep saying like when Mark and I had Michael, we were twenty six years old. Jesus, we were like babies ourselves. We were like yeah. lunatics, you know. Then we had Lola when we were thirty one. And then we had Joaquin when we were 33. But when we were 33, which is still young, we were 10 times the parents we were when we were 26. To the How old were you when you started the talk show? Uh, 31. The 30. Show. 30 years old. Really? Yeah. So you've been doing the other stuff up to there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was doing both for a while. It was crazy. It was like not pleasant. But I want to talk about your acting career because you're mm-hmm. brilliant in everything. I've never seen you in a role that I don't fully believe. Um, inc- I have some DVDs for you I can send to you. No, I'll send you some DVDs. You know what, send me some because I- my really I've, shitty movies and my shit performances. I've got them. I've never DVD. seen a shit performance, ever, ever. I can't think of one. You're a goddamn, you're a goddamn liar. Kid. I'm not a goddamn liar. I'm actually a truth teller and I can't think of one. But my favorite, okay. my favorite role, I think of recent, years would be you playing Donald Trump. <laughs> now, you've hosted SNL, what, 17 times? A lot, yeah. You I are know, far and away. Like, you you hold the yeah. record. I'm right, I'm right, well, like, I think I'm one above Steve Martin. Steve did a lot, too. Yeah. yeah. People don't understand, like, when you do that show, like, uh, I mean, when you think about all the famous people that have come through your door yeah. and sat on the couch or the chair or whatever, it's like a billion people. You've had, like, a billion of the most mm-hmm. famous people in the world on your show. And, you know, you... Sometimes what you do in this business is you just want to have a good time. 
you know, it's not about, oh, I want to score an Oscar or it's not always about, you know, another paycheck or this or that. I mean, all that stuff is is normal, you know, and I mean, uh, I'm all for people, you know, making money and, and sharing in the successes of the films they make. But, but for me with SNL is I just needed a place to go and I went there again and again and <laughs> again to just let my hair down and have fun. Yeah. Because like when you make movies, movies are not always fun. They're challenging, but the work is intense. Mm -hmm. If you're doing a drama, you're sitting there in a chair, you know, maybe you're going to bite your fingernails off, worried that you're going to get it right because we're going to get it right today. We're not coming back. Mm -hmm. When you, you, you remember when I was taught film acting, not just regular acting, when I was mentored by people about movies, they were like, save your energy. Don't talk on the phone. Don't go in your room and watch, uh, you know, uh, movies. Stay on the set. Keep engaged with the material. Keep engaged with the shot. Stay engaged on the set because we're not coming back here. You're going to get this right. Every scene is an opportunity. Every line is an opportunity. And you go in there and filmmaking could be very intense and very challenging. The TV I did was challenging as well and, and, and interesting, but fun. When we did 30 Rock, that was fun. And then when you do plays, that's a joy because there's something weird about going on stage and I know exactly what I'm going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. I know exactly how they're going to react for the next two and a half hours. It's kind of bliss for control freaks like me. Mm. I mean, I know how the whole evening is going to unwind. But I want to have fun. So SNL was the place I would go to where, uh, I mean, I could name countless sketches, which I would just couldn't believe we were going to do that. And uh, I had a ball. I loved it. When you uh, signed on to play Donald Trump, I mean, you knew you knew Trump, right? Everybody in New I've met him a couple right? times. Yeah, I've met him a couple. So times. you had like this, because I I feel like you had a very spot on interpretation of him. You had a real ability to transform yourself into Donald Trump. Where does it begin? I know what I'm buying my mom, friends, for Mother's Day. Fiori joggers. Jana's obsessed. My stylist, Audrey, is obsessed. So I know they're a sure hit. And if any one of my family or friends are listening to this podcast, hint, hint, these would be a great gift for me. They're designed with their dream knit stretch fabric, which I love because they're so ridiculously comfortable, but yet look so good. By the way, they're not just for women. I'm ordering them right now for Mark because Father's Day is right around the corner. No matter how you stay active, running, swimming, yoga, or just running weekend errands, Viore is for you. Viore is offering Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripper listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash off camera. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash off camera. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash off camera and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Melojo, my production company, is such a small business. So when we hire someone, it makes a huge impact. And Albert, I know you wear so many hats over there, you might not have the time or the resources to hire, but LinkedIn changes all of that. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. So, Albert, the next time we're hiring, if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. We got Roz. So we know it works. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash off camera. That's linkedin.com slash off camera to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You know, Jan, the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. <laughs> if you've been waiting to update your wardrobe for a long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. Build up a lineup of timeless pieces that keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. I've been telling you about Quince for a while now, and I plan to keep telling you until you get the message. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to you. 
I just took a few of their cover-ups on vacation, which were the perfect easy breezy looks to wear. And right now they have these tank dresses that are in the cart, ready to check out. Go look on their website. These tank dresses are effortlessly chic. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash off camera for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash off camera to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash off camera. When you uh, signed on to play Donald Trump, I feel like you had a very spot-on interpretation of him. You had a real ability to transform yourself into Donald Trump. Where does it begin? Well, I think that we're like, here's a good example. A good counterpoint is if you watch um, Jeff Daniels in the Comey film, the Comey mm-hmm. production they did for HBO yep. with Brendan Gleeson as Trump, now, that's someone who's trying to do something more naturalistic and real. Mm-hmm. Gleason was very good. And what I loved about his Trump impersonation was it wasn't so much, you know, on, on an acoustic level, like the sound of Trump, but it was Trump's behavior in terms of everything is about him. <laughs> he always changes the subject to him. And when he's talking about him, he wants to talk to you about how he'd like to stick a knife in this person and that everybody that screwed him over. He's filled with vengeance. Right. He's controlled by vengeance. He's filled yes. with hatred for all his enemies. So that's... A movie. That's someone taking a more a longer. They've got two hours to lay out and lay the tracks for their, uh, you know, their rendering of that character. Trump as a character in a drama. With me, it was the first five minutes of a live comedy show. You had to come up with something that was brassy and quick and easy. And I just remember, you know, stick your mouth out like you're gonna suck the windshield out of a car. You stick your teeth out like this. Okay. And then take your hands, a lot of hands. Okay, a lot of hands, even hands down here. And it was all just like, I thought, he's very two-dimensional, so make him two-dimensional. It's not something that, that that's that complicated. And I mean, I had a lot of people write, I mean, especially like really more contemporary, you know, uh, I don't want to name names, but there's all these websites that uh, that hate me. I mean, they hate me because to them, I'm like, you know, I'm like Bob Hope to them. I'm like some old, faded TV actor, and they would write the most horrible things about me doing Trump. But I really didn't think about any other way to do him. But the thing is, is that it also works because the lines work. You know, uh, when we were there and Putin comes down the chimney during Christmas (laughs) and he comes out, Beck Bennett comes out with his shirt off and then Melania says, Donald, could I speak to you for a moment? And she takes me aside and she goes, Donald, I don't know about this man. What would you do if somebody came from a foreign country and flattered you all the time and you didn't really know them? And Trump goes, marry them. And <laughs> <laughs> those lines, I would just, I, we just had so much fun doing it, whether it was, I wasn't doing it like to impress people. I wasn't doing it for people to say, oh, you're the greatest. That's the other thing. You know as well as I do that when you do any shows, movies, plays, uh, 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 TV, it's who you're working with. It's who you're working with. I went to go do 30 Rock, and with knowing that Tina Fey was writing or supervising the writing of all this stuff, it was like, what a what a great opportunity that was to have to know that the best writers in TV were writing the show you were doing. So it's all about who you work with. And when I did SNL to work with Beck and, and Kate McKinnon, oh, when oh. she played Hillary in those debates, I got to work with people who were the greatest people. So that's always a joy. You always do, though. I mean, I, I think back to, I, you know what I just, the movie that I always watch over and over and over again, and you're so good in this movie, The Aviator. The oh, wow. Aviator. I mean, you are just brilliant. You play Juan Tripp. Juan Tripp, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I got to meet his daughter, uh, Betsy DeVecchi, who passed away. Betsy was a neighbor of mine, and uh, Juan Tripp was the president of the Maidstone Club out there for years, and uh, his whole family is entrenched out there. And friends of mine out there introduced me to her, and I went to her house and had tea and uh, and hung out with her, and she was lovely. And I was so uh, thrilled to be able to have that, uh, have that experience. I mean, she said to me, she said, do you think Martin Scorsese would like to have dad's luggage? to use for the picture. And I said, what? She goes, and he had the most beautiful set, and was older, yeah, with a Halliburton, 
aluminum or steel, you know, whatever, some, I think it's aluminum luggage. And it was, and, and nothing with any ink, but stamped into the metal was the Pan Am logo and his name, a ah. uh, trip. And she said, do you think you could use dad's luggage for the film? So I, right away I called Marty. I'm like, we got to get this luggage into the movie, <laughs> you know what I mean? which they never did. But um, I mean, did every, you, every movie is a chance did you get to, to keep the? Did you get to keep the luggage? Oh, God, no. It's worth, you know, like, I don't know, it's probably worth $100,000 by now. I but, wish but, she but, had given you a train case or something as a, yeah, gift. Yeah, as a gift. As a gift. Yeah, adopt kit with your father's yes. name. Adopt but, the, but the thing is, is that every movie often is a chance to learn. And you do the research. I do Pearl Harbor and I re research about Jimmy Doolittle. I do any film I do that has that research component to it. That's always one of the most thrilling aspects is they give you books to read. Mm -hmm. You know, when I did Pearl Harbor, Jerry Bruckheimer was the producer. He didn't waste any time. He sent a box to my house. He was like, okay, read this, read this, read this, read this, watch this, watch this clip. And he was very, very helpful. Yeah. I, Pearl Harbor. And by the way, Jan, write that one down. Another movie I screen tested for and didn't get. Um, we've been we've been over the over the uh, course of this podcast. When we talk to actors, we bring up all of the roles that I auditioned for and just never got. And there's a couple right. that I got close on. But as you know, close doesn't really count in films. No, no. no. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, are, is, are there roles that you um, didn't get? that you were close to getting that should have been yours or you look back and could have been yours? I look back on films I was going to do and then I didn't do it. And, you know, I don't really... I mean, obviously, I was going to do the sequels to Hunt for Red October and I, I signed a three-picture deal to do that with them. And then they found themselves in a situation where another actor that they had a relationship with, they viewed him as uh, more of a, a hedge against any kind of risk at the box office. Because when I did Hunt... You know, Sean was really the star of the film. So um, they uh, they gave me the heave-ho, if you will, and hired uh, uh, Harrison Ford to do those movies. You know, I look back on it and I go, as much as that was uh, tough, because it taught me something. It taught me something about the business, which is if you're one of those people who has that rarefied place, like Cruz and Hanks and where you go, that's a great place to be. That's a really great place mm -hmm. to be, mm -hmm. to have that kind of uh, um, the faith of the industry. And people behind you, like look at Leo. Leo is, uh, uh, he's Marty's uh, muse now, like Bob was, like De Niro was. And now here's uh, uh, Leo doing all these great films with Marty. And what a, what a blessed place to be in your career. And everybody else, you finish a job and you got to go out there and you got to prove yourself all over again. People are like, right. I, I should hire you. Why? Even you. you like, even oh, you, yeah, oh, yeah. You go back to zero every time. Uh, you go back to zero every time. I now, again, the other people, it's different. I can't believe that because when I think of you, I think of you as a Leo, as a Tom Hanks. I no, do. No, yeah. I really do. No, that's do. very kind of you. But but the thing is, is that um, you said were there movies I wanted to do. Um, you know, for me, uh, I did, you know, we did 30 Rock. We had a lot of fun and we well, everybody got paid. It was a good job. Mm -hmm. And it was a joy. And we won every award like three times. It was really great. And um, movies, you have some, nothing that, that, you know, the Tom Clancy thing, that was that was, seemed difficult at the time. But I went on to go to Streetcar on Broadway instead, which was a great, which, which changed my were, life. You were brilliant. Oh, no, no, Streetcar. that's very kind of you. But brilliant. for me, but in that way, we do these things for ourselves. That changed my life. That made me realize not what I was and what I was capable of. It made me realize what I wanted to do. Mm. And it made me, and it freed me to begin the process of kind of letting go of making movies I didn't really believe in for the money. Because I've been offered, it's not about, like you said, movies, what did I want to do that I didn't get? What was I offered that I didn't do that went on to make a lot of money? You know, yeah, what's a that? Of those. What are well, I don't want to name those because I don't want to, I, I don't like when people say I was going to do this movie because that's kind of a kick at the person that did the movie. Right. Like what you're really saying is, well, they wanted me before they hired you. And I okay, let me ask you this. Me. Let me ask you this. What movie that made a lot of money? Did I are see you myself sorry then? That, are you sorry that you did not get some of that money? No, but let me tell you a funny story. Let me tell you a funny Yeah, Harry Potter. They Harry wanted Potter. me to play Harry Potter. And I I'm sitting it. in a chair and I flashback. I'm like, you know, I remember when I was young. <laughs> You know, I'm like I'm like sitting with a blanket on my lap by the fire. I remember the old days. 
with me at Gryffindor, <laughs> Gryffindor. Or Hogwarts, whatever the fuck it's called. And I'm there, I'm drinking. <laughs> I was at Hogwarts myself once. And then I'm, I'm older Harry Potter flashing back. That would have been great, don't you think? That, it would have been, that, you mean, would have been amazing. They really would have made a lot of money if they did that, right? You um, would have been amazing. As, you know what? Gordon. I could see you as a, as Harry Potter. <laughs> but I'll tell you one quick Gordon. funny story, and that is that um, my agent says to me, he goes, well, it's a Saturday, and I was, this is Ronnie Meyer. I'm going to say, I'm going to call it, it's Ronnie Meyer. Yeah. It's the Ronnie yeah. Meyer. I mean, Ron Meyer, to those of us who don't know him personally, Ronnie Meyer, if you're Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Ron Meyer, the founder, one of the three founders of CAA. So Ron Meyer, who then went on for 25 years to run Universal. Ron Meyer, he's my agent. I call him on the phone and I go, he says to me, come see me. I go, okay. And I go to his house in Malibu and I go, who's going to do my day to day? And he goes, me. And I go, <laughs> that's funny. I said, who's going to do my day-to-day? Who am I going to get on the phone with every day? He goes, me. I'm going to do your day-to-day. Wow. I go, cut the shit, man. I mean, you run the company. You own the company. Right. What the fuck do you want to talk to me about, you know, uh, this and that? He goes, listen, I'm going to do your day-to-day. He would be on a bike tour in, like, Turkey, and he'd take my phone call. He was, a, he would, no, he wow. was the greatest of He was wow. the greatest of all time. Now. Because he, he believed me, in you because he knew you he had was, talent. He was, he was very kind to me and very sweet to me. So he sends me a script. It's Saturday I'm in L.A., uh, living in L.A., and he says, what are you doing right now? I go, nothing. He goes, I'm going to send you a script. I go, uh-huh. He goes, I want you to read it right now. They want an answer right now before they move on to another guy. And I go, okay, great. He goes, they're going to pay you blank, which was the most money I was ever paid in a movie to do this like crazy futuristic right. thriller. And I go, oh, my God, you're kidding. He goes, yeah, they're going to pay you the most you've ever been paid. And I was like, Fuck. I said, let's go. Bing bong. Yeah. The script shows up. The messenger gives it to me. I go into a little reading room we had, like a little office. And I'm sitting there and I read it right away. And I read it. And I'm like, it's not that great. You know, and my part is really just like, it's like a techno thriller. It's all like CGI and techno shit. And there's really not a lot of acting. It's more like scenes of me going, watch out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and stuff like that. So the next thing you know, I call him and I go, ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ronnie. I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm not feeling it. And he goes, do me a favor. I go, yeah. He goes, get in your car and come to my office. And I want you to read the script again. I go, really? He goes, yeah. And I want you to read it using a light that we have, a special light here in my office. And that light projects the amount of fucking money they're going to pay you onto the fucking page while you're reading the script, you fucking moron. Right. And I'm like, oh, Okay. No, it was like, what business are you in? <laughs> like, you do this. You, 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 and that's what that's I That's what I was about. This. I was truly about to say to you, <laughs> I wouldn't have need. I would have said, save the messenger fee. I'll do it. Like, if they had presented <laughs> well, me. What, you, what I realized back then is that, that, that you're either in the movie business or you're not. The movie business and acting and films are two separate things. If you want to be in the movie business... You got to come, they're in charge and they dictate what you do. And they're like, you don't sit there and say, well, you think maybe my character could be, rather than being a uh, bicycle messenger, could I be like a Shakespearean actor in a company? Oh, God. See, I would have been great in the movie business, guys. I really missed out because I don't care. I wouldn't have needed to read the script. I'll read the lines when I get there. Nothing's stopping you. You know, I want to really quickly ask you about the incident in New Mexico, mm-hmm. how you are doing. Um, you and I talked about this privately mm-hmm. at that dinner. Mm-hmm. I was the most worried. No place like Indochine to have an intimate conversation. No, I no. know, but well, I, was, I, was, I was shouting into your ear, the two of us, like two of us deaf people screaming into you, each other. How are you, I, you know, uh, because I've worked on sets, not to the level that you have, as has Mark, and because we know the business the way we do, we were shocked, horrified, terrified, as I know you were. <laughs> How are you doing? Are you tired of scrubbing your bathroom clean? I am. 
Transform your bathroom cleaning with wet and forget weekly shower cleaner. Just spray today and rinse tomorrow for a no scrub clean. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, it's your once a week solution to keeping your tub and shower surfaces sparkling clean. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. Join thousands who have switched to an easier clean. Get Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and make your bathroom sparkle with zero scrubbing. Albert, I know you're too busy to be frizzy, so grab Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I'm loving it because it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching my bone-dry hair with intense hydration. And during the summer, that's something we could all use. You'll also be way obsessed with Way's bestsellers like I am. My new favorite is their scalp and body scrub. It's a blend of sugar and coconut oil that cleanses, exfoliates, and moisturizes all at once on your scalp and your skin. I'm also really into their Wave Spray for the summer. It's a weightless, salt-free mist that gives you that just out of the ocean and my hair dried perfectly look. You know, like that look that is so unattainable. (laughs) It doesn't make my hair crunchy at all. And it's super easy to use. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code off camera for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com promo code off camera. You know... I, I want to really quickly ask you about the incident in New Mexico. We were shocked, horrified, terrified, as I know you were. How are you doing? Well, and I don't know what level of, I don't know legally where it stands. No, no, I'll, just, I'll tell you what I can, which is that I have a right now dismissal without prejudice. Okay. which means they are authorized and they are obviously uh, free to go and, and, and investigate further and bring other charges against me. And the next phase would be dismissal with prejudice, which is the legal term for it's over. And they're, they're, uh-huh. they're done. They haven't found anything, blah, blah, blah. So we're waiting for the dismissal with prejudice. In terms of my feelings and my whole zeitgeist of that, it's like, uh, it, it's it's difficult to say uh, uh, in, in a brief and, and kind of pithy way, it's changed my life in every way. It's changed my life in every way. I mean, the 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 idea that uh, this business, the winds blow, uh, and sometimes very violently, and everything can be okay, and you wake up every day and you found your niche. I've been doing this a long time. I'm 65 years old, blah, blah, blah. And then something happens regardless of what it is. And if something goes wrong for you now, you, you can be done globally in a day. The story goes around the world and then it impacts you. And this certainly impacted me. It, it affected me work-wise profoundly, profoundly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and rather than getting into details about that, it's just, it's just um, what it's made me do is uh, work and putting my emotional uh, eggs in that basket and allowing myself to be controlled by what the public thinks of me. I found that it's really a huge mistake you make. It's just a huge mistake. And, uh, you know, I, I played Trump on TV and I would always see the people that attacked me about the New Mexico thing. I look at their profile and they were all MAGA, Trumpsters. You know, mm-hmm. there, was a, there was an element of people who mm-hmm. were out for me and who wanted to uh, assign the blame to me who was political. You know, and I found mm-hmm. that really uh, unsettling. But what's happened is I, um, I mean, I, I kind of crave a private life now, you know what I mean? Just, I don't want my of kids course. to deal with that. Yeah. I always say that, uh, Mark said to me, Kelly, what other people think of you is none of your business. Right, right. And it was the best advice I had ever been given because I really did sort of keep my head down, keep my focus on my work, and I just moved forward. Um, but, you know, I've got to tell you, I think that what happened to you has made the entire industry pay attention because sometimes, you know, you chug along in an industry for such a long time and we have all, I've worked with firearms. I, Kelly Ripa on a sitcom, right. I've worked with firearms. Mark on Riverdale worked with yeah. firearms constantly. We all have. And we take for granted that the weapon we are being handed is unloaded and safe to use in well, the we, scene. We have because- people who are, I mean, I always tell people, 
There are three instances that come to mind where the uh, the safety uh, protocols of weapons are assigned to one individual or group of individuals. So mm -hmm. for example, like in recreation hunting, you go off and you're shooting, whatever thing you're doing, they're absolutely right when they say the onus is on you. The mm -hmm. burden is on you to make sure the gun isn't loaded. The safety thing is on you as an individual and the gun owner. Now that changes when you are at a police academy and you're training young recruits to shoot firearms, many of them who've never fired a gun before. You don't mm -hmm. want your inductees in the police department shooting each other. So the safety protocol is invested in one person. In the military, my father was a drill instructor in the Marine Corps. He was an expert marksman with a gun. He told me he would walk up and down the firing line in Paris Island, South Carolina, screaming at people saying, open bolts, open bolts, open bolts. Because the minute you pull the trigger and you fire the gun, you had to open the bolt and eject the casing and show my father that the bolt, that the gun was empty. And, mm -hmm. uh, and those guys that didn't open the bolt, if they forgot, they put the backpack on filled with bricks. And they made them run around in the South Carolina heat for an hour. And, and, and the, the third location is on the set of a film. On the set of a film or a TV show, we invest the responsibility for firearm safety in an armorer. On the show where this, uh, on the film where this happened, where Helena Hutchins was killed, I like to say her name because I don't want to lose sight of that, where Helena was killed, everybody knows what happened. You know, the day that we all had to go through that and, and it all kind of unraveled during a day. Everybody knows who's responsible. Everybody on the film knew who was responsible. And it's all been distorted by the media and by mm -hmm. certain people in the criminal justice system and so forth. But the bottom line is, if you take away, in the research I've done, and I've done quite a bit since then, if you take away ammunition, the problem is solved. Meaning you can have a gun, you can have a real gun. If the gun has to be soldered, but it can be a real gun. It doesn't need to be a plastic gun or a rubber gun. You can have a real gun that's, that's neutralized that way. It doesn't really fire. Uh, you, you, know, you fill up the barrel with lead or with uh, some kind of substance. But, and then you have no bullets. If there's no bullets, nobody gets hurt. No blanks, no dummies, and of course, no live rounds. That goes without saying, or I thought it did. And you have no ammunition on the set of any production, then nobody can get shot. So uh, that's what I'm hoping is going to happen, is we're, they're going to eliminate ammunition, any kind of ammunition on the set of TV and film. Yeah, I I think that that would be the positive to come out of all of this. Well, something's got to come out of it. Yeah, it yeah. would be. It it's, it's woke, unthinkable. It woke the the industry up because I think. Well, but that but, any... but but not necessarily so because I mean what 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 alarms me is how many productions right. after that happened and up to the strike did people use ammunition on them? And, uh, oh, they and, were and the still using. A lot. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot still did. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm actually, frankly, surprised to hear that because I, every person I know, working actor, was like shook to their core that something like that could happen. But, but the other thing is, when you get to be my age, because it's a combination mm. of when you are older and you have a different perspective, and something radical like that happens, and this, the, what occurs to you is, you never were able to uh, effectively contemplate not working in the business and retiring from the business. People, you talked about it, you flirted with it, you got frustrated and spit it, spit that out of your mouth, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't real. And now at my age, and that happened, I really do think about, you know, I've kind of right. had enough. I mean, I've done this for a long time and I want right. to have a private life. I don't want my kids to be uh, influenced by any of that or, 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 or spattered by any of that. And so not working, I, I've been working less and less and less. And I'm home. And uh, my wife and I, we, you know, we want to travel the world with the kids. I mean, I want to show seven kids Rome and London and Paris and Madrid and blah, blah, blah. And we're thinking about that now where we have a different life in terms of work becomes almost, you know, nothing. But anyway, before we go, I'm going to flip it on you again. I'm going to flip on you and, and, and by asking okay. you a question. Yeah. Why have you done the show? What's the thing that keeps you staying and doing that show? What about it do you love or what about it do you, speaks to you? You know, I think I'm very risk Other than the $900 million they've paid you. Other so than the $900 million. I am Not very a billion, by the way. Not a billion, no. but $900 no, no. million. But every year, I, I save it. I squirrel it away, hoping... No. <laughs> um, I think it's... I'm, I'm very risk averse. You know, Gelman, Jan, Albert, we all work together there. And it's... 
very much, we always say we're like a family. We're a family at work. And we are like a family. We are literally, we are in each other's rooms when a baby's well, now that your goddamn husband is there, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a family. Yeah. I mean, now it's really, like yeah. now we've taken family to a whole other level. Now, yeah. like, you know. And, Jesus. And I just read this very funny article that that's like, a red flag like if your job environment is the people there say oh we're like a family that's apparently a red flag so we're all working in a wow. red flag work environment <laughs> but well, the times i've done the show my favorite thing was gelman all the oh. biggest producers <laughs> yeah. like whether it's lauren or people who are just at the top of the business gelman was no different gelman would walk in he'd come into my room i'm wanting to prep for the segments or whatever and gelman would walk in and go you good everything's good <laughs> Did you see yeah. Joey out there? What'd you do? Did you play tennis? What'd you do? <laughs> did you eat at that place? You hear about that new place? And then what'd you do? No. Did you? Did you go to that screening? No? Okay. Everything's good? Everything's good? Boom. He's out the door. I never talked to him. Jen, how many, how many years has he been there? He's given up any hope or dream he's ever had. I think he's at 40 something years now. 40 oh some odd. That's yeah. wrong. They That's gave wrong. him a gold. Get him know, on the mountain with golden. Mark, the two of them. We're going to go mountain climbing with the two of them. <laughs> You get, they get it. If you're there for 40 years, you get a golden, what is a sneezy? Sneezy the dwarf? You get sneezy from the seven dwarfs. That's like your trophy. Who, ABC? Yeah. The Disney, Disney family? All these bronze trophies for, you know, the amounts of, but they're always like these weird, it's like Tinkerbell, Jiminy Cricket, sneezy. I'm like, you pass this message on to the higher ups there at Disney ABC. And that is yeah. when, when I get rid of Mark and Gelman, then I do both jobs. I'm going to co-star with you. And produce the show. One paycheck, fold it, a twofer. I fold it together, and I'm going to do the show. The next time Mark goes away, scuba diving. Uh, scuba, scuba diving. diving. <laughs> Will you come and co-host with me? I'd love to. I know I, they came to me and to do the co-host thing with you in recent years, like before my misfortunes. Right. But 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 the the uh, they came to me, and it was just a scheduling thing. I love doing it. I love doing it. I know. And then when I we've spoke, tried to get yeah, I, I like you make a joke, but we've tried to get Alec many well, tell times. Mark, I could, give me some time because I'm I'm waiting. I'm I, waiting for this other thing to, to, to the final shooter drop, and when that sorry, does, but let call me, me and uh, let me tell you something. Here's the show, okay? It's a Disney Plus show, okay? Because you want to be in the Disney family if you got seven kids. <laughs> yeah. Disney Plus show, the Baldwinitos go Baldwinitos. abroad, and it God. is your travails, your triumphs, traveling with seven kids, teaching them about different cultures, let's say homeschooling them, because let's just face it, if you want to have any sort of life and have seven kids, you're going to have to, at some point, homeschool them. I just think that that's the show for we you. We actually pitched a show where we go to Europe, we were gonna go like to Italy and we rent a house for like six months and we live there. And all I was yeah. afraid of was they'd be like, you know, uh, 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 you know, we're near like a horse farm and Carlo, the equestrian who's in charge of the horses is there. And he says, ba -da -ba -da 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 to my yeah. kids and my kids turn to the camera and go, what the fuck did he say? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's gonna be, you know, that's the show. You have edit, you have edit approval. It'll be fine, I'm telling you. It's a good show. I would watch that show. All right. Um, when Mark goes scuba diving, call me, okay? I will. We should also mention Alec has his own podcast, you know. It's called Here's the Thing with Here's Alec thing. Baldwin. It's available everywhere you get your podcast. Alec, mm -hmm. you are delightful. Kelly, the reason I know why I'm not co-hosting that show with you is because you know exactly what would happen. And that is we would be at Wu Liang Yi, my favorite Chinese restaurant. Uh-huh. Wu Liang Yi on 48th Street. I mean, you wouldn't be gorgeous, little nymphette, Kelly Ripa anymore. You'd be like Mama Cass if I was working with you. You'd be- I gotta tell round... you, Alec, I'm nervous that Alec has lost his vision. This is the this is the first stage. The first... Yeah, you would, be, you would be Mama Cass We'd be eating dumplings and oh lo mein at Wu Liang Yi for lunch every day. Okay. That sounds like a good, that sounds like fun. The best Chinese food, Wu Liang Yi. All right. My love to you. My love, my, my love, love, my love. My love to you. Yeah. And to your family. Thank you. All right. You too. All the best. Thanks, Alec. Okay. Bye. I will. Bye. Bye. Guys, come on. Alec Baldwin. Nice job, Kelly.
Wow. Guys, that was great. <laughs> I would like to see a TV show about them traveling it's a across brilliant the globe. Idea. Or at least having them at Epcot in Disney, which is probably more in terms of the I budget. was actually shocked when you asked him if he'd be open to a reality show that they were already pitching it. Like, I didn't see that as his answer. Um, I agree. I think it would, like, either get Ilaria Baldwin on The Real Housewives <laughs> or, which I don't think is the right format because that's, like, more of an ensemble cast and I yeah. feel like this is a cast of specifically nine people Alec, Ilaria and the seven kids oh my God. it's gotta be a shit show <laughs> alright we have t- we have Bro. we have some quick Ask Kelly's for let's, you let's do them okay it's time for Ask Kelly okay let's do it you guys go ahead Jen do your okay, thing and Perez on the Maria Menounos episode um, you asked her if she was wearing her matis. Can you explain what those are? Yeah, so a mati is, I don't know religiously where it comes from, but it's the evil eye. It's like a, a bracelet. Sometimes they're necklaces. I wear. I have like a little mati that I wear every day. Um, it's to ward off like evil spirits and bad energy. Um, and I just, there was a point in my life where, Something really traumatic happened to me. I won't get into it. But my girlfriend sent me a Mati from London Jewelers. It was like a fancy Mati. Wow. And I wore that thing. I still have it. It's broken. I have to get it fixed. But I wore that thing every day for years. And then a a couple of things happened to friends of mine that were also very unpleasant. My girlfriend lost her husband. Another girlfriend went through a divorce. And I got them Matis. You see them in Greece everywhere. It looks like at like the evil eye. It's like the eye. And that eye is supposed to ward off bad energy, bad spirits, and people wishing you harm. So um, so it's like a superstitious thing, but I, I don't know. My life has been pretty good. I don't want to credit too much to like the evil eye, but, you know, because God forbid I go somewhere without it and then my life falls apart. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like it. All right. The next question is from Ronnie. When is the right time to give your children the freedom to choose between attending a family event or attending a friend's event? I have high schoolers and it's becoming frustrating because they want to do more things with their friends. Yeah. I mean, Ronnie, here's the thing. For me, I think it depends on the event. There are some things that are like expected, right? The big holidays, uh, Father's Day, Mother's Day, you know, if it's a grandparents' birthday and they're getting up there in years, I would say those are like the mandatory things. But when it's like, oh, you know, your aunt so-and-so is coming over for dinner, but but your kids want to go to the big game with their friends, I think I think it's good to give them the freedom to have that time with their friends because sometimes it's really just about the belonging and the fitting in. Um, that's just how we sort of parceled it out there were like things that were mandatory and they knew like going in like these are the mandatory events coming up and anything else is your time to spend with your friends got it um okay we have an update for you kelly this was from Kelly d she says you responded to my question on the anderson cooper episode i'm the one with the three kids that have flown the coop and i was really feeling Uh. it I'm really happy to report that we took your advice. The last few weekends, we've spent hiking and swimming alone, and you are absolutely right. We are enjoying ourselves and getting to know each other again without any distraction. Thanks for the advice. And one more thing. How about that sex when the kids leave? We're doing it everywhere now. (laughs) Yeah, you can do it wherever you want. It's like fascinating. I'm so happy for you, Holly. See, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. But it really is interesting. Like you can do it. Like you can leave the door open. (laughs) I mean, we still can't because once in a while, somebody will come home and just like be in the house. Yeah, barge in. Um, But it really is kind of remarkable when you rediscover each other on your own terms without like the, like without that worry of, oh my gosh, are the kids going to hear us? Keep your voice down. You know, um, so yeah, good for you. Very proud of you, Holly D. And that's it. That's all we have for today. Be sure to tell all of your friends about us. And I can't wait to talk off camera with y'all next week. Bye, everybody. Woo-hoo!
Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripa is a co-production of Melojo Productions and PRX Productions with help from Goat Rodeo. Our theme song is Follow Me from APM Music. From Melojo, our team is Kelly Ripa, Mark Consuelos, Albert Bianchini, Jan Chalet, Devin Schneider, Michael Halpern, Jacob Small, Roz Therian, Seth Gronquist, and Julia Desch. From PRX Productions, our team is Kara Schillen, Genevieve Sponsler, Megan Nidolsky, Isabel Kirby McGowan, Edwin Ochoa. Additional sound design by Terrence Bernardo. The executive producer of PRX Productions is Jocelyn Gonzalez. This show is powered by Stitcher. From PRX. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.